I do not watch Game of Thrones. No, this is not clickbait. Well, maybe it is. No, it really isn't. Please hear me out. I'm guessing if you are listening to this, you are wondering why someone would say such a thing. But again, hear me out. First off, I want to say that it's not to say I will not watch Game of Thrones. It's only to say that I haven't. I have not watched a single episode of Game of Thrones. Now, am I interested in Game of Thrones? Maybe. Maybe I will be. Obviously, I'm not interested enough to watch right now. But there's a reason here. And it's not because I'm a, a snob or because I just am really, really not interested. I, I love watching shows. I love getting absorbed in very epic tales and stories and really kind of getting involved in mythology of a series. That's, that's not it. I didn't target Game of Thrones. It's really part of something historically with me connecting with stories and series and whether they're books or whether they're movies. It goes all the way back to probably in high school. People of a certain age would understand what I'm saying when there might have been a time in your life where you listen to a certain type of music. Uh, maybe you were into certain genres of movies and that almost kind of defined how you were and your personality and how you were identified by other people and even other groups or cliques, what have you. And there was a point in time for me where I almost felt kind of more connected to maybe not the underdog, but to less popular things. I think we all have that friend who says, oh, I listened to that band before they were popular. Maybe you are that person, or maybe you've known a person who said that, but that's something that I heard a lot when I was a lot younger. There's something to that, though. I think that when we feel that we discovered something before it got popular, that we developed a connection to it. And that connection felt personal. And in a selfish way, it made it ours or yours and no one else's. And then as soon as everyone else started liking it, it almost cheapened it, made it feel like, oh, it's not really mine anymore. It's actually even kind of like, it, it pushes you away from it. Not really quite sure why that is, but I will say that I've felt that a number of times in my youth regarding bands and regarding movies. And it's spread throughout the rest of my life in one way or another. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. What I can say about it is that I can trace it back to a few defining moments or events regarding a similar type situation that now have led to this completely epic and almost shocking revelation and admission that I have not watched Game of Thrones, the show that, quite frankly, everyone is talking about right now and that everyone loves. Again, it's not to detract from the show itself or the writing. I'm sure that I would love George R.R. R. Martin's stories and characters as much as I love Stephen King's. It's, it's not saying that. It's merely a kind of statement of the way things 
currently are for me, and there's some motivation behind that. I'll start by saying that when I was younger, I used to listen to a lot of bands, and yes, when, when the bands got popular, in my eyes, I felt like they, sometimes they changed. If you followed a band from their humble beginnings, and maybe they were independent, when they finally kind of made it, it felt like they've changed their sound, they've changed how they do things, and ultimately that was uh, a cited reason for like, I'm not into them anymore. I was, I was into them for their first album, quote, or I, I, I liked them before they were popular. But again, there's also that almost anti-mainstream thought of, well, if everyone likes it, then I don't want to like it. Not sure where that comes from, but it is that kind of outcast, underdog, not wanting to go along with the mainstream feeling that I've had for the majority of my life. Now, if you know me, you know that I've got an interest in shows like The Walking Dead. In particular, I'm interested in zombies as a mythical kind of monster that we've invented in cinema. But really, my interest in that show and the fact that I still watch that show since it came out has really less to do with how good the show is produced or even written. I really want to cite it right now because of its relationship to Game of Thrones, because this is another show that everyone is watching, and really it's kind of strange if you don't watch it. I remember a time when The Office was a really, really popular show, and the same thing happened during that era as well. And I'm talking The Office US version. In any case, everyone was watching The Office, and I felt not compelled to watch it, one, because everyone was watching it and everyone was talking about it. But again, the main thing was that I didn't really feel interested. Nothing drew me to it. I didn't feel like I would connect to it because everyone was already on board. Same thing happened with Harry Potter. Of course, the books came out. It was a little bit past or after my age group where I remember the younger kids were, were reading this Harry Potter series. And then the movie started coming out. And at the time, it was like high school for me. I worked in retail. And of course, there's lots of products and promotions and basically a lot of toys and candy and junk and all sorts of swag for Harry Potter just everywhere. You couldn't escape it. Just it was everywhere. It was just the world was saturated with Harry Potter. And this is with me never having seen a single frame of the movie or read a single page of the book. Now, this was kind of an extreme case of me going, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. I really don't. I just, that's just too much. I've seen so much of these characters and so much of kind of implied storylines that that has kind of almost destroyed any curiosity I would have to go and seek it out myself. So, of course, in both cases, The Office and even Harry Potter, I did not watch it at the time that everyone else did. I actually waited. Waited a very long time. I watched The Office for the first time probably in, I want to say, 2015, 2016, sometime in that era, long after it was done. And in this era of binge-watching, it's, it's actually a pretty fun thing to, uh, to be able to kind of jump into something and it almost feels like it's yours because no one else is doing it, no one else is talking about it. 
and you can really have that connection with it. Harry Potter? Harry Potter was uh, in this past year. In 2018, the first thing I did was I listened to all the audiobooks. I've mentioned before that I've, I've kind of stopped traditional reading altogether because storytelling to me is part of that process is being told a story and I've really connected with that for many many years and I feel clearly if you're listening to this podcast and you've heard some things some stories I've told you can understand why I feel that there's a certain performance aspect to it and it's hard to get things wrong when you're telling a story because the words are so finely crafted and then the rest of it the images are all created in your head and they're perfect the movie in your head is never wrong when you're reading something or being told a story so I read the entire series quote read as in listened to it and then I watched all the films and of course I connected with it and I loved it so why didn't I do it right off the bat why didn't I just go and see these films and read these books and watch these shows when they were out. Why aren't I watching Game of Thrones? The only way I can really kind of explain it, I think, ties back to the film Dawn of the Dead from 1978, written, directed, and edited by George A. Romero. I'm not going to go into a whole biography of the late George Romero and his work, but I will tell you this. He's the reason why I watched The Walking Dead in fact, he's the reason why The Walking Dead even exists. He created the entire genre known as zombie movies as we know it today. Because before him, before 1968, when his first film, Night of the Living Dead, was released, the only thing we knew of zombies were of voodoo, people being possessed and under the command of somebody. It wasn't until... 1968 when George's film about the recently dead getting up and walking and attacking the living it wasn't until then when this new monster was added to the lexicon and since then zombies have become their own genre of storytelling and film and shows and it's all because of George Romero now I digress again I'm not going to tell you everything I know about George. But I w what I will say is that as a director, as a filmmaker, as an artist, he worked outside of the mainstream system. He did all his films in Pittsburgh. He cast and had his crew of friends and family and people he knew. Everything he did was out of Pittsburgh. Never went to Hollywood. And not only is he responsible for one of the most well-known horror films of all time, or even inventing a genre of horror, but throughout the rest of his career, he continued to work outside of that system as the underdog, without a lot of money, and he continued to do what he loves and what he was best at. So I always rooted for him. You root for the underdog, right? And there was something very admirable about that. And so these films, especially his zombie films, were in a lot of ways that almost they had an independent spirit to them because they were outside of the mainstream because they were outside of 100 percent pure hollywood popcorn so i kind of relate that to my experiences in tv or film and the fact that i just felt a connection to it because 
there were so many odds against it or so many odds against him. But whether it was a band or a show or a movie, I always felt that it was mine so long as it didn't seem like everyone else was already tuned into it because that made it special to me. And whether that's selfish or not, I don't know. I mean, some might call that snobby, but I wasn't putting down these things that I wasn't watching or listening to. I was simply saying that I'm just, I'm not attracted to that. And I think that's the key thing. The attraction to Game of Thrones could be completely different to the next person as far as something that they want to invest their time and imagination into at that particular time. I feel like there, there's an appropriate time and place for me to welcome things like that into my mind. And when there's too much hype, there's too much hoopla, and too much attention surrounding it, I feel like that's a distraction. I know that in our current times of social media blitzing and complete coverage of everything, I feel like some people really appreciate the lack of mystery, which I'm, I'm the opposite. I want some mystery. I don't want to know everything. I don't want to see memes and constant coverage and headlines before I've even been able to kind of examine or even observe what that is without anyone telling me that it's great or it's bad, without seeing behind the scenes, without seeing things about the actors. That's part of what today's media setup and social media and the internet, it's part of the way I think it's kind of destroyed that enjoyment for me. So much so that in recent years, compared to when I was younger, when I used to consume so much media, when I was a kid, through my teenage years, I used to watch shows from start to finish, full series and seasons, and absorb as many movies as I could, as much media as I could, I was trying to shove into my brain. And I felt the need, the compulsion to keep up with all of it and to know currently what's going on with all these things. And you make connections with people because they were watching it too. And with bands, it's like the new bands to come out and who's touring with who. And this band sounds like that one. And what's the new album sound like? All of these things were all part of kind of a social thing. But today I feel like it's gotten to a point where everything gets lost in this digital ether that we know is the internet. There's no way to keep track of anything anymore. And really, there's, there's no way to stay focused on something. There's a lot of talk about the attention span, the ultimate lowering of society's attention span because of so much that's out there, so much that people are trying to consume. And I, I tend to agree. So with me personally, that's why I try to relegate and be very focused about what I consume. If I were talking about health, that would even be a, that's a separate conversation. But I've done the same thing there too. I've become almost a spiritual minimalist in the sense that so many things in my life, I have just dwindled the number or the quantity down and distilled it to its essential components and requirements. So much so that I'm very particular about what I watch, what I read, what I eat, what I listen to, because it serves a certain purpose and I get a certain experience from it. So 
How does this relate to Game of Thrones? Is this an indictment on Game of Thrones? No, of course not. Like I said, I'm sure it's a great show. All these people can't be somehow fooled into thinking that this story and these characters aren't worth following and watching. In fact, I saw a brief, uh, I saw snippets of an interview of Stephen King with George R.R. R. Martin, and I, I think it's obvious that two masterminds of story kind of talking about what they do is something to behold, but something to acknowledge. And so I have no doubt that it's a great show. However, my choice not to watch it, more so related to just this idea of connection being somehow hindered by all the distractions associated with it. So there will be some day where I can actually say, yeah, I, I've watched it now and I do like it. And I hope the people who are watching it now are enjoying it. Of course, it's in this last season. That's great. But I'm almost a proud, flag-waving avoider of the mainstream. I'll admit it. I'll tell people I haven't seen that show, and I'm not watching it for a reason. All goes back to that idea of the underdog, which somehow was instilled in me when I was a kid. I come from the land of black and red, Chicago Bulls. In my youth, basketball was a religion, and Michael Jordan was a god. But there was a point in time when, at the height of everything and at the height of my obsession, he retired. And that broke a 13-year-old's heart. I mean, this is not even considering the fact that the year that he retired, my dad slept at the Chicago Stadium and bought as many tickets as he could. He maxed out his credit cards to buy so many tickets to all the home games that season and then he retired shattered my world one second i'm so excited to see my hero all season and to go with my dad and then the next second destroyed so my hero retired and of course as a 13 year old kid who idolized him i was naturally very distraught and very disappointed what does michael jordan have to do with my lack of participation and interest in watching Game of Thrones. I think connected with an event that happened shortly after Michael Jordan retired, which as a 13-year-old kid, when you have an idol, when you have a hero, and that is sort of taken away from you, it does something to you and makes you feel that vulnerability that you didn't think you could have as far as being able to count on that inspiration and count on that motivation that that particular person or people provided for you. In the very next year when I was 14, my favorite band in the world suddenly ceased to be because the lead singer committed suicide. That band was Nirvana. And so if you look in this year span around the age of 13 or 14, I had suffered a disconnection with the biggest motivating factors in my life as far as influence. And I had to come to terms with the fact that I didn't have those things anymore. And there was a certain selfishness, a certain greediness, perhaps, in my wanting to have those all to myself, and now those were denied. From that point on, I kind of veered down this strange path of almost counterculture, kind of going against the grain, against the mainstream, and my interest in music and movies. It was already on that path to begin with, but until that point, I really appreciated the mainstream, pop culture, what you will. Growing up, I watched a lot of shows, a lot of everything that was popular I was I was into but it was at this point this very pivotal point in my youth where 
suddenly having these things taken away from me almost scarred me in the way a relationship would and make you feel vulnerable and even scared to let yourself be that vulnerable again. Is that overly dramatic? Maybe. But you have to fast forward now and see how going down that path, I would tend to resist what seems overwhelmingly the path or the channel that I would go down because everyone else is going down that path and everyone else is tuning into that channel. There's that certain selfishness that I think kind of bubbled up from that, seeming to want to have my artistic and creative motivations be something that can't be taken away. And if, uh, if it's not, maybe if it's not the most popular thing, or maybe if it's not the most mainstream thing, those are things I can claim for myself in this almost alternative punk rock mentality, whatever you want to call it. I think it's that feeling of ownership that you have that once it's taken away, it makes you hesitant in the future. So time goes by. Of course, I, my love and my adoration for my heroes never changed. However, the way I focused on consuming my art and consuming my favorite inspirations, that changed. And so it was into adulthood when, when there was a show out, I wouldn't be the first to jump on board. New band comes out, I'm, I'm going to hang back. I'm not just going to jump on this, even though it seems like it would be something that maybe I would like and everyone else seems to like it. I guess some people would call that bandwagon. And no one wants to jump on the bandwagon. I think you see that a lot in professional sports. But in regards to my own influences, I tended to hang back. And so shows like, let's say, The Office would come on and everyone was watching it. And I went, no, no, thanks. I'll pass. Too many people talking about it. A little bit too distracting. Maybe there was a little bit of bitterness or resentment still left over from having my favorites taken away when I was a teenager. Who knows? Even shows like Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad has become one of my favorite shows of all time. And yet I did not watch a single episode when it aired originally. I was very firm in just not wanting to participate in that, despite the fact that the rest of the world was all in. So is Game of Thrones the next Breaking Bad for me? It could be. It might be. But right now, it's just not. I don't think it's disrespectful or a disservice to those who watch this show or to those who make the show. It's not a criticism even. I am just personally avoiding it at this point because I feel like there's that distance that needs to be there so that at some point I can become close to it. Call it a strange personality quirk. Maybe that's really what it is. I mean, part of me says, yeah, maybe that genre is not something I'm into. Another part of me says that's maybe a, a storyline that doesn't capture my imagination. At the same time, I haven't watched a single episode, so what right do I have to say that? I don't have a right. But I think it's interesting to think about why I don't watch that show. Why I choose not to participate in what is obviously a commercial, mainstream, mass phenomenon. I guess there's a certain appreciation that comes looking at something from the outside maybe a certain level of restraint to go, yep, everyone's there, everyone's at the party, I'll get there at some point, but I don't need to be at the party right now. So if you watch the show, I hope you haven't taken offense to this explanation of why I don't watch the show, because really, I don't mean any disrespect. This is not a put down against anything about Game of Thrones, which as I said, I'm sure is a great show. Who knows, maybe at some point I'll feel ready enough to read the books first and then jump into the show. 
I'm not quite sure how to conclude this. I'm not even sure if all these reasons I've given for not watching Game of Thrones even make sense. Overall, I guess I'm just very unattracted to mainstream. I have a tendency to avoid these things, at least initially. And for whatever reasons I've given, whether they connect to this outcome or not, it seems clear that it's not an indictment on the actual thing itself, whether that's a show or a movie. And so maybe I just need to work through that myself and figure out why it is I would delay gratification for watching a show or movie when, in the end, I'm going to end up watching it. Or maybe there's a simpler answer. Maybe I just don't like dragons. Maybe that's a kind of world that I don't necessarily connect to, in the same way that I didn't really connect to Lord of the Rings for many, many years until I decided to watch the films. Maybe it's just personal preference. But again, that doesn't mean I won't enjoy it. So if you are one of the many people in the world that play the Game of Thrones, just know I'm not a heckler. In fact, I don't even have a ticket to the show. But who knows, maybe someday, sooner than later, I'll find my way to the sidelines and enjoy it with everyone else.